Thank you for listening to this edition of the Christian Car Guy podcast. It's brought to you by Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. Mr. Quick Pick is the opportunity for you to start your own roadside assistance business. If you have more investment energy than investment capital, stop working for someone else. Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road is the opportunity to have your own home-based business, working directly with auto clubs and leveraging a national brand and marketing strategy. Mr. Quick Pick helps people who have run out of gas, lock their keys in their car, or need a jump start. An A-plus rated company with a Better Business Bureau and the three-time winner of the Member's Choice Award for customer service. This could be the chance you've been looking for to serve others at the point of crisis and even share your walk with Christ. So whether you're looking for a business opportunity or in need of emergency roadside assistance, choose Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road, mrquickpick.com. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. Lemon tree, very pretty, and the lemon flower is sweet. But the fruit of the poor lemon is impossible to eat. Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Bible, 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 Bible. Negotiations Bible style. Oh, morning, Wilbur. Never mind that. I'm tired of you beating me to the morning paper. I like to read it with my eggs. I like to read it with my hay. People yakety-yak the streak and waste your time a day. But Mr. Ed will never speak unless he has something to say. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. And this one will talk till his voice is hoarse. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. You may be wondering, (laughs) what is Robbie up to this morning with the lemon and the horse? Well, today's show title is Lemon Aid, (laughs) that's A-I-D-E, Lemon Aid, and Horse Power, H-O-A-R-S-E, Horse Power. (laughs) So... I do crack myself up, Bill. <laughs> what that means is God is often up to something, offering you lemons. When you receive his aid, you now, like Mr. Ed, have something to say, and oh boy, does it have power. In other words, when you receive this lemonade from God, you're, God gives you lemons, and eventually at some point you get aid. Well, now you've got horsepower. And so... The show title today is Lemonade Equals Horsepower. So to illustrate this concept, I could possibly in my wildest dreams illustrate this concept better than our station manager for the Truth Network in Fairmont, North Carolina, and really a remarkable radio man himself. Marty Minto is a former pastor. I think he may still be a pastor, and he's got a story to tell. And listen carefully as you're listening to Marty's story about the car that refused to be fixed. 
and note that without that aspect of the story, none of the blessings that later occur would have happened. So, Marty, welcome. Well, thanks so much, Robbie. It's great to be with you here this morning on The Car Guy, The Christian Car Guy. (laughs) It is. It's great to have you. And we shared some time at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. A lot of the folks with the Truth Network and I got to to, um, spend a week down there. But Marty, I I know our listeners are dying to hear this story, and I know they are going to be blessed. So just jump right in. You were a pastor in up in New York, right? Yeah, I've been a pastor now, uh, Robbie, for about uh, twenty five plus years, and um, I was pastoring a young pastor at uh, one of our, our first churches in New York State, and um, we, as many young. Um, pastoral families. We didn't have much. The church was small. Uh, It did what it could to take care of us. But uh, when we had come to the church, we had this uh, kind of beat-up band, and we were struggling um, because the car was kind of nickeling and diving us to death. And um, we got to a point in place where we were very concerned about the vehicle and what the vehicle would do in the future. And uh, quite honestly, we even had a mechanic in our church, and he said, you know, Pastor, I think you would want to consider selling it and get rid of it. Long story short, we began to look for a vehicle, and uh, we did not have much money to look uh, as far as getting something brand new, but uh, we wanted something good and used, and uh, we had an opportunity to find something, and uh, we did. And we found this beautiful, just great family-looking car. It was a station wagon. And let me tell you right now, it just uh, from the outside and the inside, it couldn't be any cleaner. Um, we went to look at it. It was just a great-looking vehicle. The price was higher than what we were able to afford, but as we began to talk with the gentleman who was selling it, he gave us a great deal. And um, lo and behold, uh, we were able to uh, actually just uh, purchase that vehicle and um, take it take it back home. Well, when we got it back home, uh, the kids just enjoyed it. It was a full-size uh, station wagon, and they just were just delighted because they each had their own seat in their own little area. There was a seat in the back, and the whole thing was just wonderful and put together. And um, the truth of the matter is, probably after just a few months it, at best, we began to realize that there was something majorly wrong with this vehicle. I was driving one day, and all of a sudden it started to kick and buck and and just snort and doing all kind of things. (laughs) And um, I ended up taking it to our mechanic in the church, and he just said, you know, Pastor, I think you got something clogged, you know, maybe some bad gas or maybe a filter or something, and uh, let me take a look at it, and I'll get it back to you today. Well, um... He looked at it, he did a couple things, and he said, I think you're all set to go. Well, the story was an ongoing saga for weeks upon weeks. Um, He didn't fix the problem. Um, Matter of fact, it got to one point in place in time where the car would not even run. It it would just run for maybe just a few seconds and cut off. And um, we end up towing it to the garage of the mechanic in the church. And he began, without exaggeration, from early morning to late in the evening, because I used to go over and sit and talk with him after his station was closed, trying to figure out what was wrong with this station wagon. 
and he kept on saying, Pastor, this is a beauty, but I thought, I, I'm pretty sure you bought a lemon. And we just could not uh, figure out what was wrong with it. Well, um, he has suggested, once I get this kind of fixed or at least get it running, I think you should sell it. Well, I came home and told my wife, I said, he's still working on it. It's been days. And I said, he suggests that we sell it. And my wife says, you can't sell something that doesn't run properly to somebody else. That wouldn't be the right thing to do. Well, you know, unfortunately, but true, you know, I, my mindset was, you know, if he can get it running, you know, let somebody else deal with it. I don't want, I can't deal with this anymore. Well, my wife, she kind of scolded me about it. She said, you know, honey, that's just not the right thing to do. Well, I end up uh, getting the car back and the mechanic said, listen, pastor, truth of the matter is it will run, but I have not really fixed the problem. I can't figure this out for the life of me. And you can run it down the streets, you can run it maybe a mile or so, but then it starts up again. He says, and I have done everything that I know, and I've been doing, you know, I grew up uh, with a family of mechanics. I can't figure this out. Well, um, against my wife's uh, wisdom, I went ahead and purchased a for sale sign. And I stuck the for sale sign uh, in the window of the station wagon uh, in the parking lot with the Parsonies in the church. My wife kept on telling me, you're not doing the right thing, I'm telling you. She says, we need to pray and we need to trust God for uh, a, a newer vehicle, something that we can really truly depend upon and, and, and just trust God in this time. Because we didn't have the money, you know, we just spent the money here on this car, and we didn't have any other resources or anywhere else to turn. And my wife just kept on saying, well, I've been praying, and I am believing God that he is going to provide. He's going to meet our need. I even believe he can provide a brand new vehicle. And I got to be honest with you, Robbie. I thought to myself, <laughs> matter of fact, I joke with her. I said, uh, sure. I said, yeah, you and Mr. Rourke and tattoo in fantasy Island land, you can come up with a brand new car, but I, you know what? It's just not going to happen. What's God going to do? Drop it from the sky. And she just kept on saying to me, ye of little faith. And here you're a pastor of a church and you just don't believe and trust God for this. And, well, um, one day after about a week or so of being up for sale, uh, a bunch of people came to look at it, but uh, nobody bid on it. I mean, they, they all said the same thing, beautiful-looking car outside and inside. And, uh, you know, the, but they didn't really want to take it for a spin. And I just said one day in frustration, I just said to my wife, I just can't take this anymore. This, this has got to a point in place. And she says, yeah, little faith. And she had taken the kids to school, and her hair was still wet. And she said, I got, I, got to, I got to get all cleaned up here and get ready to go for the day. And she said, you just got to trust God. Well, she went upstairs to do her hair and to blow dry her hair. And as she went upstairs, I heard the blow dryer go down on, and all of a sudden I get a phone call. And there's a gentleman who's calling me, and he happens to be, I'll use the name Tony, uh, Tony from a particular dealership in New York State. And he says, um, Hello, Reverend Minto. This is Tony from so-and-so dealership. Um, I want to talk to you today. And I said, Tony, Tony, whoa, 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 sir, please, please. Got to be honest with you. I'm not interested in purchasing a new vehicle. I appreciate the phone call, but if you could remove my name from the list. Oh, Marty, you, may be we gotta, you, you can maybe hear that in the background as we've got that music coming up. We've got a break. We are going to find out what in the world is going to happen with this car dealer calling Marty. How does this lemonade equal horsepower? We got all that stuff coming, but we want to hear your story on the other side of this. By all means, call us 866-348-7884. So much more coming up. 
can anybody find a cure for me? You can be bitter, bitter, bitter Or you can be better, better, better Great life gives you lemons Instead of champagne Don't worry little children And don't complain Whoa, Remember your problem To find some sugar cane Great life gives you lemons Take lemonade Lemonade equals horsepower today on the Christian Car Guys show. And if you're listening to the first segment, I hope you were. You got a chance to hear Marty tell his story. He's our station manager in Fairmont, North Carolina. And uh, he was a pastor back in New York State a number of years ago. Still is a pastor. But at this point, his family was struggling. They had bought a car that they just couldn't get fixed. They couldn't get it fixed. They tried and tried and tried. And then they were in the dilemma of what do we do with it? Do we sell this lemon to <laughs> somebody else? Or, you know, what's going to happen? And about that time, he gets a call from a car dealer that you know, I'll let Marty pick up the story from there. And it, it doesn't go so well for that guy at first, does it, Marty? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, matter of fact, during that time period, a lot, of, a lot of car salesmen were picking up the telephone books and going through the you know, the white pages looking at numbers and calling people and trying to get them to buy. But this guy, Tony, called me and said, Reverend Minto, I want to talk to you about a, a, a situation. And, and I just said, hey, listen, Tony, I don't want a vehicle. I'm not looking for a brand-new vehicle. Um, you know, even though down deep inside I knew I needed a vehicle, I, I just did not want to go through a dealership, and I knew I just couldn't afford it. I said, hey, listen, thank you for the phone call, and I hung up on him. Well, within about, I would say, two minutes or less, he called back again the second time. He said, Reverend Minto, this is Tony again. And I just went, and I said, Tony, please, uh, this is not a good day for me. I really told you, I, I really don't want to talk to you about buying a vehicle. And I hung up on him the second time. Well, just a few minutes later, he calls back again. And as soon as I said hello, he said, Reverend Minto. And I said, Tony, he said, please listen to me, sir. And he was very, very distinct and kind of, straightforward and commanding in his voice. And I, and I kind of felt bad at that point. I said, yes, I need you to come to the dealership today. I need to speak to you in regards to a vehicle. I can't explain it to you right now on the phone. I know you think I want to sell you something, but I don't, but I need you to come to our dealership today by this time period, because I have a doctor's appointment today. So I need you to come up here as quickly as you can. If you decide not to, then I'll just call you back tomorrow or another day, but I really need you to come here, and I can explain everything better. Thank you for your time. And he hung up on me. <laughs> well, my wife is upstairs, and the hairdryer goes off. She comes downstairs, and she says, I, I thought I heard the phone ring. I said, ring? It rang three times. This guy, Tony, uh, uh, you know, weighs from us about 30 minutes or so, and says he's from a dealership. And he wants to talk to us about this car. And she says, well, did you, did you inquire? I said, no, but he demands that we come up immediately. Well, my wife begins to praise God. God's answering <laughs> prayer. I told you you needed to have faith. You just had to believe in him in this time period. I said, whoa, 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 nothing's happened yet. We don't even know who this guy is. He may be a crazy car salesman. Well, we, we talked about it for a few minutes, and, and I said, you know what? This is our day off anyways. I said, let's go. Let's go up there and let's just see what he's going to tell us. Well, bottom line, we jumped in the vehicle. We went up. Um, we were borrowing another vehicle from somebody within the church. We went up there, and as we come up into the dealership, I go in the front door, and um, I asked for Tony. 
and and they were pretty quiet this day, and everybody was looking at me, like almost like you know maybe my hair was messed up or I, you know, had ketchup on my shirt or something. I mean, people were just staring at me. All these car salesmen, and they said, "Well, Tony's next door in the used car, and he's waiting for you." Well, I get over there and I walk in, and they're all looking at me too. And I said, "Is Tony here?" And they and Tony comes out. He says, "Reverendo." I said, "Yes, Tony." He says, "I'm so glad you decided to come up." I said, "Yeah." I said, "My wife's in the car waiting with me. Uh, what's you know what's going on? Well, have her come in. We I, we we need to talk." He says, "You know what? I'll tell you what. Let's just go out here and let's just talk uh, for a moment out in this area." And I went, and he began to tell me real quick about his story about him being in car sales. He's always been in used car sales, and he said that he um, not too long ago there was a couple that came into the dealership, and they told the general manager that I want to lease a brand new vehicle for four years. And the guy said, well, you're in the right place. We got a lot of brand new vehicles, blah, 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 blah. And they, they said, well, we want the gentleman by the name of Tony so-and-so to lease us this vehicle. He said, I'm sorry, man, but uh, we can't have him do that. He is in our used car division. He doesn't do leases, but we're more than happy to help you. And the lady says, no, I'm telling you, we need this man, Tony. So and he says, ma'am, why? Well, she just said, and I'm just going to tell you what she said. She said, because God told us that this Tony is the one that we're to deal with. He said, what? He said, man, come on. I mean, she said, no, we want to deal with Tony or we won't deal business with you. Well, they called Tony over and Tony came and he, first thing he told me, listen, I don't do in, you know, leases and new vehicles, blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, once again, God is the one who directed us to you. And here's what we want to do. And, well, the general manager said, Tony, take care of them no matter what they want you do. And so he sat down with them, and they said, listen, we want a brand-new Windstar van, and we want to lease it for four years. And he said, okay, this sounds great. And he gets the paperwork, and he says, you got to bear with me because I, I don't do this. you know." So he's going through it. He says, I take it this is for you and your, your husband here or your, you and your wife. The gentleman, you know, husband was with her, and they said, no. Oh, so it must be for your son. No. No, it's here's the name we want you to put on it, um, Reverend Martin Minto. And he says, "Well, Reverend Martin Minto, well, who is this? Is this is this a son-in-law? Is this a relative? Is this your pastor?" No. As a matter of fact, we never met him. We've never met him before. Have you ever been to his church? No, never been to his church. And he's like, "Well, wait a minute. Why would you lease a vehicle for someone you don't know?" And the woman says to him, because God told us to do so. And he was dumbfounded. He didn't even know what to say. And he says, I've never heard of such a thing. Don't and then the husband says, oh, by the way, the, it's... Marty, don't forget to tell him that it had to be read. <laughs> well, yeah, I was getting to that. I was getting to that part. But but he, he, he the husband says, by the way, too, we, we want to pay cash for the four years up front. He said, what? He says, we don't take cash here. He says, but you don't want to finance? We have great deals at, at this percent. He goes, nope, I'm going to pay cash up front. All right, we have more music, and we have <laughs> another break coming. As we're going to hear, what in the world were these people leasing a car for Martin Minto for four years paying cash, which, by the way, is a great way to lease a car if you're going to lease one. You don't have any finance charges that way. We're going to find out more about Lemonade. What was behind all this story? What was God up to? And then well, how can we... Have some horsepower. You stay tuned. Keep yakety yak the streak and waste your time a day. 
But Mr. Ed will never speak unless he has something to say. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, and this one will talk to his voice is horse. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. I am Mr. Ed. Yes, you are listening to the Christian Car Guy show this morning, and we are talking about lemonade, which is A-I-D-E, lemonade. <laughs> Horsepower. <laughs> and so if you've been listening in, yes, we've got this story and we want to keep you in on it. It's It's got a huge payoff. Believe me, you're going to be so glad <laughs> you stay tuned and stayed through to hear all this because I, I am just, my socks are blessed off from knowing what God did through this situation. So to bring us back up, if you're just now tuning in, Pastor Minto, who is our manager in uh, Fairmont, North Carolina, had purchased a car that they just couldn't get fixed, couldn't get fixed, couldn't get fixed. A car dealer calls him out of the blue and says, you've got to come down to this dealership in spite of the fact that Marty hung up on him a couple times. He still broke through. Marty shows up at the dealership. And at this point in time, the salesman slash the used car manager is explaining to Marty how these folks had come to the dealership and went to lease this brand-new van and wanted it to be leased to somebody they'd never heard of before named Reverend Martin Minto. Go ahead, Marty. <laughs> well, yeah, and like I said, the, the husband, he said, we're going to pay cash up front, and uh, uh, Tony, the the used car man, he said, listen, we don't do that, and went back and forth. He had to call his manager, and finally they said, you know what, we'll take your cash. And um, again, you know, they, they're he's saying, well, this must be, you know, you, you sure you never met this guy before? You never did? Nope, nope, nope. And they just continued to testify it was a God thing. Well, before he went to get one of the cars, he says, well, we got a bunch of Ford Windstars out there. He said, you're going to be really blessed. He said, we really enjoy the Ford Windstar. And, and the wife said, well, by the way, it must be red. He said, excuse me? She said, yes, it must be red. He says, uh, I don't think we have a red one. She says, oh, there is a red one. There has to be a red one here. And he says, I, ma'am, I, you know, I drive in here every day. I go to lunch with the guys over at the new, you know, the new car lot. I don't remember seeing a red one. And he says, why does it have to be red? And, and she said, well, the bottom line is it has to be red because it will remind him of the blood of Christ. And the payment that Christ and in Christ's goodness and his faithfulness and his love for him. And he says, ma'am, I really don't think we have a red one. Well, he calls back and, and he ends up calling back in the garage and the garage says, um, we do have a red one. We only have one on the whole entire lot. And it's back here in the garage. And the reason why it's in the garage is because we didn't get it prepped in time. Uh, the prep people didn't get it done. And we had it back here because we wanted to make sure we washed it and got everything done and ready to go. But, yeah, we have one red one. Well, long story short, they signed the paperwork, they gave him the money, um, and they also told him that he could never know, Reverend Minto could never know who gave the car, no matter what. And so when we were standing there, he's telling us the story. And my wife is in tears. She is just slobber-bobbering all over the place, praising Jesus, going, I can't believe this. And as soon as he said and said and shared a bunch of things and told us that he's never seen this in all of his years, 20-plus years as a car salesman, 
And he said, that's why everybody here is staring at you. I've shared the story with everybody. People here cannot believe it. They never heard such a thing in their life. And he says, by the way, turn around. And we turned around, and there it was being driven up, a brand-new Ford Windstar van. And he said, I, I have to have you sign the paperwork, you know, with your insurance cards and all this. And he, we went through just a couple things, but everything else was blanked out, so we didn't know who actually leased it and paid the lease on it. And long story short, we got in the car. He gave us the keys, extra set of keys. And he said, Reverend Mendo, can I ask something of you real quick before you leave? I said, what's that? He said, I told you I had to be here before my doctor's appointment. I want to let you know that I have stage four cancer. He said, it's in my kidneys and in my bladder area. And he said, it's not good. He says, but I've lived a good life. I have grown children. And he said, God, you know, overall has been good to me, even though I'm not a very much a religious person. He says, but would you pray for me? He says, you must be a pretty special guy for someone to do this. Just pray for me. And I said, well, you know, we're, we're all teary-eyed and everything. I said, well, can, can I just pray for you now? He said, oh, no, 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 not right here. And I knew that he didn't want, he, he felt he'd be embarrassed if we prayed right there. Well, long story short, I prayed for him. We took off down the road. My wife and I, I mean, we were just, we were blown away. <laughs> we're blown away. We're in a brand new van. And we come back home. We tell it to the church on Sunday morning and through the rest of the week and through in the Sunday morning, everybody's praising God, just, just so excited about what God has done. And on Sunday morning, one of the leaders of the church said, Pastor, I know we don't normally do this, but can we gather around in a circle, all of us here in the congregation, and pray and give thanks to God for this miracle that has taken place? And can we pray for this guy also, Tony, that, that dealt with you? And we did. And um, it was just an amazing day. Well, on Monday, the following day, I get a phone call. And the phone call, now remember, I still have the, uh, the station wagon that doesn't run right, but looks beautiful inside and out. And I got a phone call from a, a preacher I've never heard of before, I've never met before, and he says, I'm told that you have a station wagon that you're trying to sell and get rid of. I said, yes, sir, I, who told you? He says, well, a friend of mine who knows this person, he said, long story short, would you be interested by any chance of doting in the car? And I said, brother... I told him the story, what happened, and he said, oh, my, he says, God is good. He said, so, Pastor, you'll donate the car? I said, yes. He said, I have a family that's been out of work for quite some time. They actually walked to church almost two miles. It's a husband and wife and four children, and they could really use a car. I said, but listen, I can't lie to you. This car is really, uh, I don't know about it. He says, that's okay. If you'll just donate it, he says, we'll take it from there. Well, about a week went by. Uh, he came up, they got a, uh, they get, they towed the car away, and uh, about a week later, a gentleman shows up at the church, a big strapping man, and he comes, are you Reverend Minto? And I said, yes, and I go to shake his hand, and he hugs me, he bear hugs me. Tears are running down his face. He is the recipient of the car, the station wagon that didn't run. I said, dear Lord, I said, you're the one. He said, yes, and told me about being laid off, told me about his family walking to work, and he says, oh, by the way, I want to let you know, I had your car fixed in just a couple hours. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I had the car fixed in just a couple hours, Reverend Minto. He says, but we couldn't afford a car no matter what. You're such a blessing, and you bear hugged me again. And we stood there, and we cried together, uh, and it was just amazing. Now, to cap all of this off, the next Sunday I tell everybody, about what has taken place. They're blown away because here we go, another miracle, another work of God, until we come to the next Monday, the following Monday, and I get a phone call from Tony. And Tony, it had been a couple weeks, and Tony says, um, 
Reverend Minto, this is Tony. I just want to find out how things going. I'm like, Tony, you would not believe, praise God. And I told him about the story of the man who got the, got the station wagon, the lemon. He begins to cry. And he says to me, Reverend Minto, he says, I don't know who you are. I said, other than meeting you that day. And he goes, I don't know about, you know, what all this is about this Christianity. I told you, I'm, I'm barely a religious person, but I want to tell you something. He said, I went to the doctor that day, and the doctor said, um, you're going to have to come in. We're going to have to do something immediately because your cancer's spreading. And he said, you promised to pray. And I said, I did. I prayed for it. I said, matter of fact, on Sunday we prayed. He says, well, let me just tell you, on Monday, he said, I went in so they could do some exploratory to know exactly what needs to be done because the cancer is so there. And he says, Reverend Minto, they can't find any cancer. He said, the cancer's gone. He said, I was there for hours upon hours. They had a recheck. They thought they had the wrong files, the wrong person. He said, they couldn't find any cancer in my body. Wow. And he began to weep like a baby, just wept on the phone. I mean, uncontrollably on the phone. And we look back to this day, and we're reminded, as I share that story with you, Robbie, and others at the NRB gathering, that... Um, God is always faithful. God is the one. Uh, even when we have lemons in our life and things go wrong and things are happening, uh, He is our God who will never leave us nor forsake us. He understands our cries, our hurts, and our pains. He knows what we need. And matter of fact, He promises to meet our needs. And God is just so good. And I think of that day through that one situation, how many lives were touched and lives impacted and the testimony. And by the way, after he started sobbing so hard and long on the phone, he said, Reverend Minto, I just want to let you know, I'm in a Bible-believing church now. My wife and I, we went this past week, and we're going back again. And he says, I know that there's a God, and I know, and he kept on just going on and on, and we were just praising the Lord with him and continued to testify as we were at that church of what God had done. Um, so that's basically the story, Robbie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you see... And I love the story. In so many ways, it illustrates this concept of when you think it's lemons, but it's actually God pulling something together in a way that only God can, that now when we testify to, we can change lives. So thank you, Marty, for being with us. We got You're one welcome, more Robbie. segment to wrap all this up and trying to... Bill and I, we're going to put it into perspective for you. And, boy, we appreciate it, Marty, so much. God bless you. And keep up the great work down there in Fairmont. Thank you so much, Robbie. God bless you, too. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. More lemonade when we come back. I was saved for a reason that I can't explain. Got something new to believe in. I'm awakened again. If I can just get out of my own way Well, life gives you lemons Instead of champagne No worry, little children I don't complain Whoa, remember your body To fight some sugar cane Well, life gives you lemons Make lemonade Lemonade today on the Christian Car Guy Show. <laughs> you may have heard, we hope you heard, 
Marty's amazing story of how this car wouldn't ref- it just refused to be fixed, but God had a plan in that. And it seems that I, I, we would love to know a lot of times of the things in our lives that just can't seem to go right. But what's he up to? And once we figure that out, once we see how he's come for us or come for others, our ability to go and tell it like it tells us to do in Acts 1-8 that you're going to receive power to be my witness. Well, there's an amazing amount of power, horsepower. If you just heard Marty's story, you can hear the horsepower that's in that, the horsepower that happened for Tony that ended up, you know, his faith, his wife's faith, who knows how many children, how many people were blessed as a result of the horsepower of that particular story. So I have Bill here with me, my uh, Christian insurance guy. And Bill, you know, we were talking about it before the show that I'd heard this story this week at the at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention with Marty, and I knew we had to get it on the air. But as I processed it, actually this morning, I realized that I needed to repent of something that most of my car business life, at least for the last two-thirds of it, I thought that lemons were the people, not the cars. That two to three times a year, I'd have a car that we couldn't fix. And I've discovered early on in my career that the best thing to do is just buy it back from the customer and not because I was trying to make the customer happy, although that that was part of it, but the best way to fix one of those cars is to get it out of the hands of that other customer. Because once you own the car or you have the car, then all of a sudden, miraculously, time and again, this isn't something that happened once. This is something that happened almost every single time. The car could be fixed once we bought it back. Of course, we'd have to sell it under the lemon law and disclose that, but still people bought them as lemons. They were less expensive. And then the next person, I'm telling you, I never sold a lemon, something that was sold under the lemon law that came back for the problem it originally had. However, the original person that had it had it time and time and time again. So I I came to the conclusion that, wow, these lemons were the people, not necessarily the car. But now I'm seeing that maybe... There's something even way bigger than that, Bill, that, that God was up to something and I just wasn't tuned in <laughs> or maybe the customer wasn't that um, there's stuff like that goes on, right? Yeah, I think sometimes a person, the client comes back in and I think the carburetor's got a problem. So they put a bug in the mechanic's mind and the mechanics focuses everything on what the client says he heard and why he but the problem really wasn't the carburetor. It's that they put blinders on and they were just focused on that one point. But we all need to look for times in our life where we've seen God, seen Christ make a difference. There is scripture verses that have touched us deeply. There are times when we've prayed for assistance and all of us can put together a wonderful story like Marty did. You know, half the people that we run around with, that we bump into, don't have a church or don't have a denomination. You know, 25% of the adults in the United States have never, ever been in a house of worship. There are lots of people that we come in contact with that we don't realize aren't in church because we're in church and we don't see that their car is parked in their driveway. We're called, if we have Jesus in our heart, to be ambassadors for Christ. We've got a responsibility to introduce people to our Savior. One neat thing about Marty's story is there really wasn't any scripture in it. But I know that that story has directed a lot of people to ask some questions. My point to you is, 
Do you have a story that you can share? Have you written it down? Have you shared that story with someone you trust? And have you prayed in the morning and said, God, I've got a wonderful story that I'd like to share with somebody to introduce them to your son? Right, because you have witnessed it. You see, and I've been doing this interesting study over the last really maybe six weeks that God's had me on this lesson plan of understanding what happened in Acts chapter 2 when they were all in one accord, when they all got together and they were on the same page, the Holy Spirit came, and you might remember that they all spoke in a way that people heard this. And again, the way the, the passage reads in, in, in the book of Acts is that they were speaking in these different languages, but other people, if you look at Acts 2 verse 11, it says they heard the mighty acts of the Lord in their own language. That when you have mighty acts of the Lord in your life or whatever, you are speaking in a purer language than any other way. People can hear that in a way they can't hear other things. And I, I can tell you that if you check the Bible on that mighty acts of the Lord's, you know, just look at those words and go back and do a study on it. You're going to find it in the Psalms. You're going to find it in Job. You're going to Job. You're going to find it in Zechariah. But this week I was at the NRB and this gentleman was there that actually helps take people to Israel to teach them Israeli agriculture and help them with their huge grape harvest. They didn't have any grapevines in when the Israelites took back over in, you know, 1947 or whatever it was. Last year, they, I think he said it was 450 million tons of grapes. He said, Robbie, you have to see these grape, these clusters of grapes and how big the grapes are. I mean, they're like the size of a small baseball or something. He said, these are huge grapes. Those pictures that we saw, you know, in Exodus, those old Bibles of these huge clusters of grapes, that's what's going on. He said, but it's like, and he's, and I'm sitting there and he says, it's like Zephaniah 3, 9. And he quotes Zephaniah 3, 9. He says, for then I will restore to the people a pure language that they may call on the name of the Lord to serve him in one accord. Look at it, Zephaniah 3, 9. It's another picture that when we <laughs> all get together and we really are worshiping God together, we get this pure language. And it's kind of when you hear a testimony like what Marty just shared, there's something that is just absolutely pure, that that's one of the reasons God gave us a voice. You think about the, the difference between Mr. Ed, an animal, and us is we have a voice. We have a voice to pray as Marty's wife did, maybe as you did in your story. As Bill mentioned, you pray for something that you're in need of, or maybe you prayed for Tony, the salesman. Whatever it was you were praying for, you used your voice. And then you give your voice <laughs> to be his witness, right? In Judea and to the ends of the earth, which it's going to say, it says right there, you're going to receive power from on high to be his witness. Well, it, the power is in the language that you actually use. And then the third thing I thought about, Bill, was we use our voice to praise him. You know, Mr. Ed, he was really just a horse, and there's a field in Oklahoma. <laughs> because the real voice of Mr. Ed was, you may know this, Rocky Lane. He was a cowboy star. But, Bill, our voice is a, is a very special thing to God. I remember a study that said that the original word that we translate encompasses the thought so that not only is the voice, the sound that comes out of your lips powerful, but the thought that was behind it 
We have power when we voice things. That power can affect the way we think. It can affect the world of others. It's like that match that can start the fire. We've got to be careful with the words that we speak, and we have to be careful with the words that we think. Yeah, what's behind those thoughts? Wow, what a word. Thank you, Bill, and thank you, Marty. We appreciate you so much listening to Christian Car Guys show today. Again, you can find out all sorts of information that Jesus labor love, car repair labor for single moms and widows. All this information is at christiancarguy.com, as well as a wonderful article on this from lemonade to horsepower, and all those scripture references are all in that article. Now, remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years, and when we're slowing down, we can be still and hear God so that we can be prepared to go have some horsepower. Thank you for listening. I appreciate 